Always uh, great having my next uh, guest on, uh, wherever he might be in his travels, and uh, even this morning in the great state of Vermont. Vermont. The, oh. Of maple syrup, I might add. Boy, can I use a stack of pancakes right now? Ooh. Uh, but basically, uh, the captain is present there. And uh, he, uh, hopefully you're going to get it. Cap, great having you. Uh, I'm hoping you're out of there before a storm hits. We're, we're going to beat the storm, Jay. We have plans for that. We're leaving early tomorrow morning. We're hoping that we uh, we have no travel-related issues. Excellent, because on the island, it looks like it'll be okay. You get some wind, some rain, not too much snow, uh, maybe a coating, according to the Weather Center. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. Of course, the captain's great company. He is the CEO of uh, Global Threat Solutions for peace of mind in uncertain times. you got to check it out, globalthreatsolutions.com. Uh, the company just provides so much, so many services. And, of course, uh, host of the Captain's Brief on Saturday mornings, along with Tom Evans. Uh, if you have not heard the captain's brief at 11 o'clock on a Saturday, you're missing a lot. We will preview tomorrow as uh, we welcome in uh, Captain uh, Ken Bombay's cap. Let's start. Let's start with what happened in Iowa. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we all know too well when we get the alerts on our phone about an active shooter taking place. We keep our fingers crossed, and we only hope. Uh, that uh, there are no fatalities. In this case, though, a sixth grader did lose his life. But, uh, you know, listen, it happens anywhere. It happens even in Perry, Iowa, Iowa, which is about, what, 40 miles northwest of Des Moines, Uh, a town of around 8,000 cap. And and here we go again. What do we know here about this 17-year-old shooter by the name of uh, Dylan Butler, his name was? Yeah, that, that's right, Jay. So this is tragic, like they all are, these incidents. But And there is no anticipating where this might occur. So, unfortunately, this one was typical of so many other school shootings that we've seen occur. Um, there aren't many details of a specific motive, but we do know that they're investigating social media posts and conducting interviews of the people that he knew, went to school with, family. And what happens, it appears to be, just at this early stage, what happens in these cases is these students or the shooters, uh, they collect what they call perceived grievances, where he feels, you know, the world's against them, people are mistreating them, and then ultimately it unfolds with violence. And it's often, unfortunately, directed at students and staff at their school. And like so many cases, the shooter, uh, this shooter was killed by a self-inflicted gunshot wound. So in this case, it appears that the student didn't legally attain either of these weapons. That's always another issue. What type of weapon? Because we know that the assault-style weapons always bring extra attention to these cases um, because it's a a heated issue. Uh, In this case, it seems like he didn't legally attain either of these weapons. We'll learn more about where he did get these weapons, but he had a pump-action shotgun. He also had a small-caliber handgun. We do know that. And at 17 in Iowa, he could legally possess neither of those weapons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not sure at this stage, Jay, if it was family or who he got these from, but he, he wasn't legally possessing them anyway. But one more, uh, one more tragedy. And, you know, we're starting off the year 2024. Already, I think we're five yeah. incidents and five mass shootings, according to the uh, gun violence archives. And they're, criteria is that it has to be at least four people wounded, four victims wounded. Um, and unfortunately, this is the second school shooting. And, you know, it's the beginning of the year. So whatever criteria you, you use to, to analyze these shootings, 
are far too many. It is a, a big problem that's going to probably have to um, be addressed in 2024 as we move forward. Yeah, you're right. Uh, five uh, mass shootings on the fifth day of the year, hard to believe. Uh, the thing I would want to know on this one, Cap, is uh, is uh, the guardians of the 17-year-old, uh, parent, whatever. Uh, I, I want to know uh, the, the history from a mental standpoint of this 17-year-old. How did he get his hands on these weapons? Uh, are they owned by the guardians, the parents? Uh, how did he get access to them? Did he show signs? I mean, there's so many questions, obviously. But, you know, it's it's the same old, same old. Because, you know, there's a group that wants to say, listen, we got to do a better job of gun control. And then the other group that says, you know, a little more on the common sense side, well, uh, you know what? we got a mental health problem in this country. Uh, is this kid, was he going uh, under any type of treatments? Uh, rehabilitation, was he stressed out, were there tensions with, you know, these are very important questions, and when these incidents occur, we don't delve enough into them, Uh, and we've got to do a better job as far as going forward. Now, we say this all the time, it just keeps happening over and over again, Uh, and we've got to do a better job, Cap, that's all there is to it. Yeah, you know, Jay, every time one of these incidents occurs, it's just... political infighting where one side wants to ban, you know, assault rifles and more and beyond. They want to ban weapons as a solution to this. And the other side says, obviously, they they defend the Second Amendment and they say, well, we need more. um, We need more determining people's mental health. That's the problem. It's not the guns. It's mental health issues. We need better systems in place for red flags and to prevent these people from, uh, you know, acting out in these shootings the way they have. So the problem is then nothing gets done. So I think that both sides, though, it it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. Something needs to be done, and it's probably somewhere in the middle. I I would say, obviously, banning banning weapons is probably not going to answer this, but there's, I'm sure, some common sense things that can be done. Like, how about when you are, you know, because all 50 states have different firearms license uh, rules, but how about when someone is trying to attain a firearm it's easier access to mental health histories because that is a problem. And you could highlight and, and, you know, you could scrutinize these, these people who are applying for these to legally possess weapons. That's one thing you could definitely do and limit access to weapons that way. And the other thing is, you know, it seems every time one of these incidents happen, we all then see the social media posts and all the things that it seems like anyone could have realized it was a problem and that something yep. might occur. And we've done nothing about it leading up to it. So we have to improve that system too, Jack. 100%. You know, say something, even via social media, excellent point. You know, was, was there any any uh, situations involved of this kid on sites uh, posting stuff? You know, we've seen that before and we've missed it. Uh, we got to do a better job without question. The cap with us with the global threat report. Let's head to Israel. Uh, cap, the defense ministry yesterday unveiling plans for the next round or the next phase, which we should say, the war in Gaza. Uh, there's kind of a new combat approach in the north and a sustained focus on targeting Hamas leaders uh, in the southern area. Uh, plan includes, I guess, an expansion of raids and aerial activities. The crisis humanitarian in Gaza continues, worsens, uh, and fears, again, of a widened conflict here. Uh, a couple of days ago, there was a situation of one of the Hamas leaders, one of the masterminds, taken out. Uh, in a uh, missile, a bomb, 
uh, that went off. Uh, Iran has uh, uh, certainly been in play as far as uh, the number of injured and deaths and whatnot. They have uh, targeted Israel uh, as far as retribution. You get a sense that will take that could take place. But uh, tensions have not eased at all. They've only risen over the last couple of weeks uh, as we get into the 90th day, coming into the 90th day of this war, Cap. That's right. So right now, a few things have occurred, Jay. So uh, the Israeli defense minister, Yoav Gallant, he outlined this post-war plan for Gaza, and specifically he states, obviously, Hamas will in no way be a part of those plans. But another interesting thing that he mentions is that there will be no Israeli civilian presence in Gaza going forward. And, and it's because of the vulnerability of what we saw that happened October 7th to these two Israelis. So that's a pretty big development. We also saw, Jay, that Israel's military um, struck more than 100 targets across Gaza overnight into Friday into today. They've intensified operations in central and southern parts of of the enclave, they've also put out new evacuation orders, and and the Palestinians are saying that they, you know, they're constantly getting these orders. They're exhausted. They have no food. They have no water, and they're fleeing from one part of Gaza to the next. So there's a lot of pressure on them for this. Um, but they have definitely stepped up operations prior to this plan that they're they're putting in place, where it's going to be a uh, de-escalation or at least a transition to a lower intensity conflict that we're supposed to be seeing within you know, probably the next few weeks and rotate Israeli troops back to Israel. Because this is, like I said, this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. And this is going to go well through 2024 and into 2025, too. Um, another significant incident occurred when ISIS claimed responsibility for this terror attack that, that was conducted in Iran near the burial site of the slain military commander, Qasem Soleimani in southern Iran. That was a big deal because we were wondering who might have, you know, they could have blamed the U.S. or Israel for that attack. But now ISIS has claimed responsibility, which even further complicates the situation in the greater Middle East right now. And it was significant. It's the the most significant attack they've had within Iran's borders since 1979. They had 84 people were killed and 284 injured. So now that, again, we, we might see further complications between Iran and, and ISIS, and or I would say more specifically Iranian proxy groups and ISIS, where there's rivalries between these groups too, Jay. Um, so this is there's a lot going on in Israel right now in the greater Middle East. Without question, the cap with us, of course, Global Threat to Report, Global Threat Solutions, peace of mind. Uh, in uh, uncertain uh, times, uh, cap, you know, reading something where North Korea is uh, up to its old tricks uh, with Kim uh, Jong-un firing off missiles, I think 17 of them. Uh, He loves his toys over there. Uh, And the question is, you know, at what point, at what point is enough enough uh, with him, uh, with all the threats taking place in the South and everything going on there? Uh, we know that uh, North Korea has been a little too friendly with Putin, all that's going on there with that war with Ukraine, and certainly uh, with ties to China. But North Korea still uh, presents quite a threat. Yeah, and it's it's actually as erratic as behavior is by North Korea. It's consistent with the way it's, they've behaved for decades. You know, they constantly do these outlandish, you know, the tests, the outlandish statements they make, um, blaming targeting the U.S. and but 
unfortunately, they've they have not acted directly in military operations. They do a lot of provocative things, Jay. They'll fire through missile um, tests right at inappropriate times when maybe we're doing military operations or training exercises with South Korea. Um, they put Japan on high alert, but we've seen this greater like axis of evil forming in between you know North Korea, uh, China, Iran, Russia. And this is just one thing, and it has to be taken seriously, um, North Korea, because they have a significant military and, um, you know, uh, nuclear capability, too, feared nuclear capability that could potentially, all the times they're testing these missile systems, they have further and further um, range, and that could be, you know, a, a direct threat to either the U.S. and definitely our allies in the region. Yeah, no doubt about it. In fact, it was so bad that South Korea uh, had to uh, evacuate uh, an area yesterday. As North Korea fired more than 200 of these artillery rounds right into the sea, uh, which uh, is near a very uh, tensely defended maritime border uh, with South Korea. So uh, those two South Korean islands were ordered to evacuate due to this, what they call this, this unknown uh, situation. So uh, something else to kind of keep an eye on without question. Uh, always keeping an eye as far as the captain's brief. Uh, Captain Bombay, Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. You and Tom put on quite a show, Mr. Evans over there. Um, do we have, who do we got lined up for tomorrow? So uh, I'll bump in Vermont, as I mentioned, and I'm going to see who Tom has wrangled up for our, for our interview uh, but I will tell you that we're going to be discussing 2024 and the way forward. As we, with you, we kind of recap the year. Now yep. we're going to talk about 2024 and the challenges that are faced by the United States national security apparatus going forward. And we're going to talk a little bit about this U.S. Um, or this Iranian-backed militia leader the U.S. just killed. And, and see where that leaves us right now. It's a retaliation, obviously, for the over 120 attacks launched by these Iranian proxy groups in the region against U.S. targets. So we're going to see where that leaves us right now and uh, how that might have provoked Iran into uh, either sent a message to them to, to slow down these attacks or it could even provoke them to further attacks. Sounds good. Captain's Brief, Saturday mornings at 11 to 11.30. It is a great, great uh, 30 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. I implore you to listen uh, every week Saturdays uh, right here on LA News Radio. Lot to happen over the weekend. We'll keep an eye on Blinken, the Secretary of State, as he heads to Istanbul uh, to talk with officials there. Cap, you stay well, stay safe, safe travels back home, okay? Thanks, Jay. Look forward to talking soon.